Welcome to Private Club Radio, the industry's first and only program dedicated to education, news, events, trends and announcements. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Welcome to another edition of Private Club Radio. So happy to be here with you today. We are talking with Kevin Caldebaugh. He is the president of the Club Spa and Fitness Association, a very cool association for all you fitness and spa directors. But don't worry if you're not one of those. You want to listen to this show if you have anything to do with the private club industry because he has a ton of great information. During our interview, we discussed the growth of the organization from its South Florida beginnings to now being in over 20 states across the country. We discussed the evolution of the facility, the spa and fitness facility, which I must admit I was completely unaware of the changes that have taken place in just a few short decades. And we take a glimpse at what the fitness and spa facility of the future might look like. It's really interesting. If you're a GM looking to build or expand a fitness facility at your club, you're going to want to listen to Kevin's advice on how to ensure the project gets done right. And we discuss some unique revenue streams and some ways the spa and fitness facility can partner with the food and beverage department. So if you are involved in any aspect of the club, this is going to be a pretty cool episode. And this is just the start of an incredible march we have planned for you on Private Club Radio. On March 14th, we're speaking with Jackie Carpenter. She's the editor of Private Club Advisor. On March 21st, the most dynamic man in the private club industry, former GM of the Beach Club, contributor to Boardroom Magazine, speaker and all-around great guy Greg Patterson will be joining us. And on March 28th, Jason Becker, he's the co-founder of Golf Life Navigators. Pretty cool thing those guys are doing. If you haven't heard about Golf Life Navigators, you're going to want to tune into that episode as well. And our fun continues right into the month of April, where we start strong with Jeff Morgan, the CEO of the Club Managers Association of America. That happens on April 4th. So I hope you've been enjoying the guests and all the great content they're sharing with us. I feel like it's going to a national conference every single week on this show. If you want to take a look at any of the guests that we have upcoming, go to privateclubradio.com. While you're there, why not introduce us to someone in the private club industry. Maybe that someone is you, or maybe it's a colleague, someone that you think has a great story to tell or some great advice to give on this show. We want to hear from them. Now, don't forget that registration is now open for the 2016 Association of Club Catering Professionals National Conference. The conference is being held in Nashville and Tennessee, August 28th through the 30th, and it's going to be an incredible event for catering professionals and club managers in the private club industry. Information and registration is available on the ACCP website. That is www.theaccp.com. Go over there and get registered today. Now, I think I'm talking pretty fast today, and I'll tell you why. If you're a friend or a colleague of mine, you know that my wife has been pregnant. Well, big announcement here on Private Club Radio. My wife gave birth to a healthy son. She did so all natural, and she actually only went through one hour of labor in the hospital. It was pretty incredible. But welcome to the world, Marco Gabriel Aloisi. He was seven pounds, three ounces, 19 inches long. And for all my friends, thank you so much for your support. And that's why I'm speaking at a little quicker pace than normal. I want to get back to the hospital and be with that little guy. He's so cute. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Shake Creative, the premier marketing and design firm 
helping prestigious clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit shaketampa.com to learn more. Okay, and now for our main event. I'm joined today by Kevin Kaldabaugh, president of the Club Spa and Fitness Association. Kevin graduated from the University of North Florida with a bachelor's degree in business administration and economics and later completed a master's in human performance from the University of Florida. While at Florida, Kevin had the fortune of working with Olympic sports athletes. He's guided champions in the SEC, NCAA regional championships, and national championships. And he has worked with professionals and amateur athletes in all major sports, national and international weightlifters, and Olympic gold medalists. His degree and experience with elite-level athletes helped him land a job in the sports performance training facility in Sarasota, Florida, where he ascended into the role of facility director. And after several years in Sarasota, he transitioned in the private club industry. Kevin, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thank you, Gabe. Uh, It's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure uh, to be on your show today. Um, If you don't mind, before we begin, I'd like to just thank thank a couple of organizations uh, today. I'd like to thank the CMAA for always being such a great supporter of the CSFA. And additionally, I owe thanks to our business development team, the Signature Group, and their affiliate Landmark Media for their incredible work that they do helping push our organization forward. And of course, I certainly can't forget to thank our CSFA members and also the talented team of the board of directors of the Club Spa Fitness Association that I have a privilege of working with and serving every day. So thank you very much. Excellent, Kevin. So I want to first get into the Club Spa and Fitness Association. Why was that association created? Well, that's a great question. And the the CSFA was created in response to the needs of fitness directors. About the mid-90s, fitness began being added to private clubs in the South Florida area, and directors really needed a way to exchange ideas. It was was kind of a new new job role that had been created. So a a group of directors began meeting in the early 2000s in the South Florida area, and the events were were much like large roundtable events. From that group, a team of leaders got together and decided a formal association needed to be created uh, to help meet the demands of directors all across the country. So in January 2007, the CSFA was formed, and and now the association is dedicated to providing the the best practices for the industry and also providing education for our fitness directors, our uh, our professional level service providers, like our personal trainers and massage therapists, and we also provide education for our general managers. And in large part, we do that through events throughout the year, but we also host a national conference annually. And this year's event is going to be taking place at the Breakers in Palm Beach, July 31st through August 2nd. And as we have the last two years, we're going to be partnering with the Florida chapter of the CMAA. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So why is the CSFA becoming more relevant to the private club in today's dynamic environment? Well, the CSFA is becoming more relevant because of the pace of change that we see within the fitness industry. You know, the fitness industry is really one component of a global wellness industry that's that's about $4.6 trillion, and that industry is continuing to grow. Just within the club spa fitness arena in 2014, we saw in our trend report uh, with data gathered by uh, club benchmarking that when you look at non-golf revenue, Fitness and spa make up 47% of the revenue as compared to tennis and aquatics. And actually, of that, of that percentage, personal training actually makes up 
individually more than tennis or aquatics does. So really, we're seeing that spa and fitness are major players within our industry. They're a major revenue generator. And now more than ever, we live in a knowledge-based economy. You know, 30 years ago, or even more recent, it was that when you went to, when you wanted some health information, you go to your doctor, and they were really kind of the, the prominent source of all health-related information. We've seen a, we've seen a huge shift. And that, that shift is really in our wellness ecosystem. The doctor used to be at the center, now it's, now it's you and me. So we have, because of this knowledge-based economy, we have information available to us at the click of a button. We can learn about more health-related information faster than we ever have been able before. Now, now our doctor just makes up one spoke in our wellness wheel. So really, I would say that's, that's been a, a, huge, a huge reason why uh, the Club Spa Fitness Association has is, is become more relevant. <clears throat> and because of that, one thing our association has done because of the growth that we've seen is we've created a certification to help provide education to managers so we can make sure that managers within fitness and spa departments have the ability to effectively run their operations. But we also want to help support and, and bring up the next wave, next generation of, of managers so that they have the tools necessary to run these dynamic operations. It used to be, and we're continuing to see this change, it used to be that when a, when a member was choosing a club, that golf and tennis were number one factors and the reason why a member would choose to live somewhere. And now we're, we're seeing that fitness is becoming a number one factor. And that's, that's not just my, my bias. Uh, that's in talking to a lot of our new members, our young members that have joined our club here at, uh, at John's Island Club. A lot of them uh, are choosing to join here because of what fitness has to offer. And they also like the golf and tennis offerings as well. So you said that your association sort of started off here in Florida. Uh, how has the association grown and, and where do you have uh, members coming from these days? Well, association's grown a, a lot. Yes, it did start in South Florida. And I would still say the, the, the bulk of organization resides here. But in the past, all of our members were from the state of Florida. Now we're in over 20 states around the country, uh, and we have, a, we have a push now to grow our membership in, in other areas, uh, including Texas, Arizona, and Southern California, which are three places where private clubs exist, similar to how we have in South Florida. Those aren't the only areas we want to grow, but we recognize that those are areas that are highly saturated, and, and we're, we're seeing some incredible growth. Another area where we are seeing growth is in uh, Colorado. There's some great things that are going on in the state of Colorado. Uh, specifically, uh, Boulder Country Club is really leading the way uh, and setting an example for what other clubs uh, can be and what they can do with their, with their wellness uh, facilities. What are some of the actions your association's taking to raise the bar in the private club, spa, and fitness industry? Well, as I mentioned before, the CSFA has created the first ever management certification designed specifically for individuals managing private club, spa, and fitness facilities. And this project, it really started out as a resource manual. Our association's previous president, Barb Svensson, uh, was integral along with uh, members of the board and some other individuals as well in, in putting this together. It was always a, a dream and a desire of the, of the CSFA to put together a certification. So we started with the resource manual, and from there the certification was made. Uh, and it's, it's comprehensive. You know, you're going to receive education surrounding uh, 
not only fitness and uh, spa operations, but you're going to receive education and operating aquatics facilities. There's also a history of private clubs. So it's, it's, really, it's really everything that a manager would need to make sound business decisions. And it's a fairly new certification. We just unveiled it at our last national conference in August of 2015. So we're, we're really starting to see some of our members come on board and, and, and value this uh, certification. So you mentioned that revenues are really being generated by the spa and fitness and in clubs right now. What are some of the trends developing in your industry and what's going to be like the next Zumba or the next, the next yoga? What do you see coming down the pipe? (laughs) Oh, those are great questions. Well, yeah, I would say probably if we're looking at what the, what the facility of the future looks like is I think first it helps to, to understand what the facilities looked like when they were first created. So just at our club, for example, we started with aerobics on a squash court. That started for us back in the mid-80s. Uh, the members themselves hired an outside instructor to come in. We gained enough traction that in 96, we built a facility with fitness in, in three massage rooms. Uh, by 2007, we had outgrown that facility and opened up the facility we're currently in. And our facility is a, is a snapshot of what future facilities can look like. But there's, there, you know, facilities have gone even beyond what what we have here. But just in our facility alone, we have personal training, Pilates, uh, physical therapy. We have uh, specialty personal training to help people uh, with a program that we call Phase Three Cardiac Rehab, which is more of a cardio coaching program. Uh, we also have cancer exercise training, um, and then. You know, with uh, with where we're at with our club, uh, we when we built our facility, our spa was designed just to handle massage. But recently, we've expanded into offering facials. You know, there's many other clubs uh, that are offering f- full service spas where you have massage, facials, manicures, pedicures, uh, wet rooms, uh, salons, even. So I think what we're seeing is a trend in the fitness industry and the wellness industry is to create these facilities that are global wellness facilities that offer just about anything that uh, your member would want to want to partake in related to wellness. And I would say that the, the facility of the future is, is going to continue to trend towards offering some of those services, like I mentioned, the physical therapy, uh, and then specialty personal training as, as well, not just your standard, standard training. And if, if I had to say what the, the Zumba of the future might be, you know, uh, our members really want to get workouts uh, that challenge them, uh, especially because the, the the population in most of our private clubs is is trending younger. So we're seeing great success with uh, a group fitness class we call here uh, Indo Row, uh, which we use the uh, water rowers for that class. It's been phenomenal. Uh, our classes are always full, and we probably have to buy some more rowers to help meet the demand. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. So. I live in Tampa and in, in Tampa, I, I drive, I do a lot of driving and there's a lot of billboards out there where I see these spa packages, right? So there's, you can have a $39 massage and it's like a monthly plan they get people on. Do you think there's a way that clubs can actually capture some of these other revenue streams, adding uh, more monthly type things by offering certain programs or certain uh, activities or classes or something like that? That's an, actually an, an extra monthly charge to their membership. Well, I think it, I think certain clubs can. Uh, I think clubs, depending on the area that they're in and the membership personality that they have, is that that's really going to be 
that's really going to depend on the, well, that's going to drive the, the service that they're able to, to bring in. Um, you know, just our club, for example, we used to have a private fitness membership that we offered here. Uh, we've changed that. Now our membership, uh, the membership dues that the members pay annually pays for anything they want to do in fitness. So they, they can come in and use the facility. I, th- I think what, what we're probably seeing more of in the, in the uh, private club spa and fitness industry is the fact that we're, we're working aggressively to help raise the bar of, of services that are offered here. Uh, you know, for instance, you know, without really giving anything away, we're working with some organizations outside of, uh, outside of the club spa fitness association to help us raise the minimum standards accepted uh, of personal trainers and massage therapists, and we're going to continue that. We really want the private club industry to be seen as uh, as holding the torch and where the best talent resides in the industry. And, and if, if a monthly if a monthly membership uh, for a massage or, or something along those lines makes sense for a club, I, I think that the clubs will capitalize on that. But I think that's going to be more left up to uh, the clubs themselves and the areas that they're located in. All right, Kevin. So in addition to your normal gym activities, what other revenue streams are clubs generating? Yeah. So one of the, one of the other ways that clubs are generating revenue, uh, and we're, we're seeing this here is our, our fitness facility was designed without a retail operation. So, uh, that, that's been a significant source of revenue, even for our small operation. And and we're not doing anywhere close to what some of the clubs are that, that have dedicated retail space. Uh, there's certainly clubs of, of our size. Uh, and just to give you an idea, our, our fitness facility is about 13,000 square feet membership base of around 2,500 members. Now that's members, not memberships. Uh, and there are clubs that are our size or even smaller that are generating a couple hundred thousand dollars a, a year, just operating, uh, offering, uh, fitness, uh, based products, spa products. And that's something that we've had to do as well as we brought in facials, uh, to our club two years ago, we had to create a retail operation for the, for those products. And we've also seen a, a, a demand for different small fitness equipment that, that we offer here out of the facility. And I, I imagine that the demand would be just as great uh, for, for fitness related clothing. I see in some fitness facilities outside the private club industry, but just, you know, your classic, your classic large gyms that have big memberships, they're starting to offer like protein shakes right right in house they might have their own privately labeled vitamins or supplements like that um have you seen anything like that happening in the industry oh yeah absolutely absolutely uh just in our area alone uh, there's a there's a club nearby uh called quail valley that that has a that does significant revenue uh offering uh healthy shakes to their to their members uh we offer a product here called Love Juice, which is a locally sourced juice that, that helps uh, members with uh, health and wellness. And, and there's a club over in the Naples area that I had a chance to visit, uh, the club at Mediterra. They have a great little pro shop where they offer just about just about anything you, you can th- you can think of, anything health related. They offer there. Uh, it's it's just it's fantastic that clubs uh, have had the forethought to to plug this in. We've we've heard for years and years that it's important to to uh, consume uh, a post post workout nutritious meal, and now clubs are making it possible to do that for members that are b- busy and on the go. Mm, I want some love juice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. So, for the general managers that are listening to this show, they're maybe planning to build a fitness center or a spa for the first time. 
They might be planning expansion. What advice can you give to ensure that the project gets done right? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's it's one that we get all the time. Uh, we get it often enough that in previous national conferences that we've hosted, we've devoted entire educational sessions to answering this. Uh, you know, but before I really give a, a hard answer on that, I've, I've got to say that every every club is going to be a little bit different. And there, but there are standards within the industry that, that should be followed. A great place to start to make sure that your that your expansion project is is at least off to the right start is is to purchase the the CSFA resource manual. You know, I'm not just saying that because that's our resource manual, and I I think it's a it's a great product. But there's a lot of really useful information in there to help general managers and fitness directors at least get the project started on the right foot before before you even have meetings with with the architects. Um, you know, I don't think it's necessary to go through all the numbers that would be included in that in that manual at this point. But uh, I would also say it's important for GMs and directors to make sure that when they do sit down with the architect, that the safety standards are are being followed. The ACSM is a great organization, and and they they uh, promote certain safety standards for equipment spacing and and the like that are important to follow. And I think in a lot of our facilities that were built years ago, some of those standards weren't necessarily, weren't necessarily followed. Uh, but I would say before anything takes place, the most important thing that, the, that a club can do is make sure that they nail down what type of programming they want to offer in their facility. That's, that's going to require surveying the membership and uh, might even uh, require hosting some focus groups to really get the pulse of the membership. And when when you do the survey uh, and you get the results in, keep in mind too what the what the future may hold. It's important to know what the trends are coming up. We've seen so many facilities that have been built recently, and I, when I say recent, I'll say within the last ten years, where they've built, they've had to rebuild two or three times because they didn't foresee what services the members would would uh, value, and uh, they didn't have the space and capacity to do that. And before I kind of close on this question, I will say that you can never have a facility that's too large. If, if you think you have enough space, add in a little bit of extra space. Space is super important, especially with the way that people are exercising today. Uh, around the holiday season, you know, the average age of the membership in our club is a, is a bit over 70. So when we get around holiday time, a lot of kids and grandkids come in. And when you watch the way that they work out, we're really looking at our future members at that point. And they're using floor space, ground space. They want to do ground-based exercise. So they need open space to be able to do that. So really make sure you plan that open space. It's helpful for the trainers uh, to have that space as well. And one of the things that, that we see with a lot of facilities is is if there's open space, it's, it's really easy to want to try to cram a piece of equipment into it. But I, I would encourage folks to think of space as a piece of equipment in and of itself and dedicate uh, dedicate some open space to uh, to exercise. That's really good advice. So that that brings up another question. So we have some of these clubs that are sort of shifting, right? Like your club, you said seventy plus is the average age. Now, I mean, of course, you know, to be sustainable, you're going to have to you're going to start transitioning to baby boomers, then eventually to millennials. At a club that has maybe all of these generations kind of stuffed in one place, or you know, is in the process of of shifting the the demographic profile of their club, you know, how do you address that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, first and foremost, we try to make sure that we take care of the membership base that we have that uses the facility on a regular basis as, as best we possibly can. Uh, but knowing that, 
knowing that, the, like you said, the baby boomer generation, the millennial generation is the next wave to, to come in, we, we have to make sure that uh, we have uh, equipment that they like. Uh, the, the, the good news is when you're looking at standard equipment, uh, cardio-based equipment and, and selectorized strength training equipment, uh, the technology has improved there, uh, certainly, but that's, that's not really where the major innovation is taking place. Where I see the innovation taking place is in how people are actually exercising, and that's, that's when we get back to the open floor space. So we've, we've got, uh, you know, here in our club, we make sure that we have uh, TRX training straps so our members can do suspension-based training. We try to keep as much open floor space as, as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, when you look at the way that cardio equipment has evolved, it's uh, the the real the the hardware is pretty much the same, but where it's evolved is in the technology that people can use while they're exercising. So we want to make sure that that generation has the ability to use their uh, technological devices like your smartphones and and iPads. Uh, people really want to be able to do that, watch TV, um, and we also look at uh, special events. Uh, we're seeing more of our younger members, and and the younger members buying in our community is is about 59 years old they they like uh event based activities where maybe we bring in uh we bring in an expert in a certain field and we host an all day event or a half day event and educate our membership on something or allow them to participate in a uh, a, a special type of exercise that maybe we couldn't support on on an everyday basis so we're really trying to branch out of the walls that, that we're confined in here and, and, and make sure that uh, we're providing an overall wellness experience. That, that also includes working with other departments within our club. We've got uh, a tennis fitness exercise program. We also have a golf fitness exercise program. And we even do events where we pair with our aquatics department. So we really look at, uh, look at our as as our responsibility as being kind of the leader in total club wellness, and I think that's really how we can we can capture that next wave. What I like about what you said there is having you know when you could have experts or events being thrown, you usually hear about that happening in the food and beverage department, and that's great. You know, maybe there's uh, some sort of uh, social event that's happening at the club. I just went to a casino night, for instance, but. Actually, doing that in the in the fitness facility that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, I bet there's probably also some ways that the 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 fitness and spa folks can pair with the uh, food and beverage folks to actually maybe create healthy menus and things like that. Absolutely, we we certainly have seen that. Uh, depending on the club, some clubs actually pair side by side and, and making sure that happens. Uh, we're we're blessed here at uh, John's Island Club to have a chef who's always been. Uh, very ahead of the curve, if you will, on making sure that the menus are always healthy. And uh, with that, with that said, there there is still always the comfort food that's available. Uh, our our members are never going to uh, let let that drift by the wayside. But there is a much more concerted effort to make sure that there are very healthy options on the menu. And our food and beverage staff. Uh, does a great job of educating the members on on healthy foods, and and we support that by doing events uh, where we'll maybe invite a, a dietitian in, and we'll we'll host an event and uh, have an educational opportunity for our members to learn a little bit more about uh, how their foods can can help them in a certain area and in their healthy lifestyle. Yeah, I think what might be cool, and I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head, but like, you know, maybe if I'm interested in gaining weight, um, having a 
pairing up with the food and beverage folks or the catering department at the club to actually create a create a menu that's for weight gain for you know you're eating protein or what have you and if i'm trying to shed some extra pounds maybe there's a low carb you know menu that that people can order from i think that just would be kind of interesting where you can sort of pair up the two the two departments to actually work together and provide a real overall approach uh, to the to the membership Absolutely. Um, how does a private club's fitness or wellness facility factor into the membership value equation? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I think a, a lot of what I've said so far kind of kind of has, has answered this. But, you know, we are seeing a shift in membership preferences. I mentioned earlier that uh, in the past it was always, you know, kind of golf was the, the driver and why a member would, would pick a particular location. You know, I'm assuming that the, the club I'm referring to has, has golf. Uh, and then tennis was probably a second factor and, and fitness, uh, has either been third factor or really an afterthought. Uh, that's, that's definitely changing. We are seeing members that are choosing to live in a certain location based on fitness first. And it doesn't mean that golf and tennis are not important. It just it's just a shift in mindset and behavior in the way that people are choosing to live. As I mentioned, we are in a very knowledge-based economy right now and there's there's so much information available. People know more than ever about what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. And I, I think that a that a club that that misses the boat on their wellness program and their and their fitness facility is is going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, members are are going to make decisions based on what that club can offer to them in terms in terms of wellness. So as far as the membership value equation goes, I think I think actually it really makes the club itself more valuable and makes the perceived value from the member uh, that much higher. What are some of the unique revenue streams that you see some clubs generating? Oh wow, that's a that's a good question. Um, well, I, you know, I mentioned before, physical therapy has has been one. Uh, depending on where you're located, the revenue stream uh, is either lucrative or or not. In our facility, we we have a contract with an outside company, and and uh, they handle the billing and Medicare and all that. But other clubs have found that having more of a pay-to-play system where their physical therapist is a, a club employee and, and they do not bill insurance and members come in and work with them in a, in a setting, that, that's been uh, helpful uh, to, to certain clubs. Uh, and the reason why that's been helpful is you know, insurance kind of dictates how long uh, a patient can be seen. But if a member is paying out of pocket to, to see a physical therapist, there's, there's an unlimited amount of time that person can, uh, can, can work with that individual uh, so that that's been helpful. Uh, we've really seen golf fitness over the years generate uh, significant revenue streams for clubs. Uh, in in one year, our club went uh, in, increased uh, increased our revenue uh, in our golf fitness program by about six hundred percent. So, you know that that's been one that's been that's been very valuable and and. You know, we're we're seeing the uh, the group fitness program, the dynamic change there as well. A lot of clubs have offered those classes for free for a long time. Uh, and most fitness facilities uh, in our industry operate at a loss and and bringing in group fitness to the point where members have to pay for those classes has has changed the game for for many clubs. So that's been a significant revenue generator and 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 big clubs, depending on their their cost structure, uh, can, generate $100,000 in revenue or more, uh, depending on how many classes they offer per week. So I'd say those are those have been important 
Yeah, and I like what you said earlier about maybe starting to the manicures, pedicures, the facials, and that sort of thing. That's probably a a, a good way to do it as well. I have a, just a couple last questions for you. Um, so, Kevin, I'm sure you've traveled to quite a few clubs around the around Florida and probably around the country. So, this is a question I ask all my guests. If uh, I have a bucket list and I have to see one club before I die, uh, which club would that be? Who's got the best facility, in your opinion, and why? Well, uh, I think I'm going to go international with this one here. And cool. I, I really would want to go to uh, St. Andrews in Scotland and, and have a chance to play the old course. And, you know, my reasoning there is that's that's kind of where golf started. And uh, I just love watching the Open on TV. Uh, and it's just it's got its own unique beauty to it. It's for, for me growing up playing courses in the United States. It's so much different to see the way that the Lynx courses are uh over there and I, I would just love to be a part of that history and, and have a chance to to say i've played the, the course and you know that that might change the first shot that i hit in one of those big uh pot bunkers but uh you know <laughs> i right. take my chances there sure <laughs> do you know if st andrews ha- do they have a spa or fitness facility there I, I would imagine they don't but do you know if they do uh i i do not i do not but that's definitely worth finding out I was talking to a gentleman named Alistair Dunsmuir in a previous episode, and he was saying that the the folks in the UK are getting a lot of uh, good information and, and developing ideas that are happening starting in America. So um, maybe we'll start to see some things pop up over there like that. Um, so before we before we take off, how can folks find out more information about the CSFA? Well, a great way is to visit our website at csfassociation.com. There's great information there. Certainly, uh, if the information there is is, is not significant enough, our, the, all of the board of directors' information is located on the website, or somebody could contact me uh, directly. My email address is there, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to personally help. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity. So I don't know about you, but I am fired up about the possibilities that can happen in the fitness and spa facility at private clubs. There's just so much potential there. So thank you so much for joining me this week. And don't forget to come back next week where we talk to Jackie Carpenter of Private Club Advisor. Just as a little teaser for that episode, here's my favorite quote that Jackie told us. She said, don't focus on the can'ts focus on the can-dos. That's just a little taste of what you're going to get next week. Until then, here's to your membership success. Just because this round is over doesn't mean you can't enjoy the 19th hole. Check out privateclubradio.com for more.